Welcome to the PRISM Podcast. PRISM North America is a K-12 school system committed to building a sanctuary for children and families in North America. PRISM is a Northgate school, and this is our podcast. Hello, my name is Misty Newcomb. I'm the superintendent of PRISM North America, and this is our podcast. This is actually our second podcast in a series that we've been doing on building family culture. And we have really great guests today. First, I want to introduce uh, Josh Spillmaker, who is helping me. He is actually the co-host for this entire series. So he's going to be, he was with us last week, he's with us this week, and he'll be with us next week. Uh, Josh, why don't you tell a little bit about your family and where you're from? It's great to be back. Uh, we are here in uh, at the Fayetteville campus. Um, I actually have two graduates of PRISM. Uh, Mallory is our oldest. She's a senior in college here at the University of Arkansas. And uh, our son, David, is a sophomore at the University of Arkansas here. And then we have one left in PRISM. Ava is a sophomore. She's 15. So we're working on, on getting her graduated from, from PRISM slowly but surely. Working on, a, on an empty nest. And on the younger end of the spectrum, um, pe- uh, we have Michael and Jenny Greslin. And and they, I'm not, I don't actually know if they are younger or Josh is younger. I know that their kids are younger. <laughs> <laughs> so they have, they have four boys and uh, they have two school age students who are actually a part of our Spearfish campus. Michael and Jenny, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about your family? Well, hi everybody. Glad to be here. Um, we, yeah, like Missy said, we have four boys. Uh, our boys are ages eight, six, four, and two. So they're all kind of packed tight together. But Levi and Jace, who Levi's the eight-year-old and Jace is the six-year-old, are in their second year at PRISM. Levi is in second grade this year and Jace is in first. Seth uh, just started preschool here at home. And Tate, the two-year-old, is just trying to keep up with his big brothers and he's doing a pretty good job of it. That's great. Jenny, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I would just add that Michael and I often describe our kids as kind of on the the wild end of the spectrum. If there's if there's mild and wild, I know a lot of boys are wild, but <laughs> we um, we've got energetic boys that are full of thoughts and full of opinions and very rambunctious. And so the topic uh, that we're discussing today is very much a topic in our home often. And um, we're really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. So the topic dun, 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 is we're going to be talking about boundaries. And uh, and I, I really, I love, I, I interact quite a bit with the two older boys and have interacted with all of them. But I, I really love just, again, this week we're talking about a really broad range of ages between the Greslin kids and, the, and Josh's kids. And we're talking about a pretty broad personalities. And when we talk about boundaries, you know, you might think, well, boundaries that even the idea of boundaries can sometimes sound constricting. And, and I think you guys have done a really great job of having these well-behaved boys who are all energy all the time. I mean, just, I cannot wait to see what they do with their life. Uh, they are, they are, I don't ever feel like, oh, these guys are oppressed and restricted, <laughs> but I know that they're well-parented and, um, and so I'm really excited to, to have this talk. I want to, before we jump into talking about, um, 
boundaries and even defining what that means, I do want to talk a little bit and just recap what we talked about last week. Last week in our first in our first series, uh, first episode on, on, of this series, we talked about culture and culture is just the the shape of your family home, the the design of it, the nature of the conversations, the feel of it, the language you use. And we talked about how important having a family culture is because that shapes your kid's identity. And identity is a powerful gift and a powerful tool that we can give to our kids to to help them develop and to grow. And and when we say identity, we're kind of talking about, I think about if you have a square box and the the perimeters, the boundaries, just putting a big black line, you know, a big thick black line around those four things, those four lines that make up the square. And inside that is everything you are. And outside of that is everything you're not. And we, we talked a little bit about how important it is for families to look and say, well, what are our values? Who do we want our kids to become? Who do we want them to be when they're not, not career wise? Cause that's, you know, not really a decision you're going to make when they're young ki kids. And that's probably something they'll discover after they graduate. But in terms of who they are internally. What does that shape look like? And, and saying this is who we want them to be when they leave our home and building your life structures around that. And so this, I think, is going to be a really great uh, conversation to have because part of part of building family culture is building that, having that idea of where you're going. What is what is the the vision statement, if you will, of your family and really talking that through as a family and bringing your kids into that conversation. But then part of that is saying, OK, so if this is who we are and this is who we want to be and who we aspire to be, what are the what are the things that we can do? What are the things we shouldn't do? And what are the hard no's? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are the uh, you know, where are the boundary lines? Because part of having an identity is having some boundaries in life that say, because, because I'm a person of honesty, I don't lie. That's what it means to be honest. I am honest and I do not lie. And there are, when you have young kids, you have to figure out how to build those, those boundaries uh, around your kids. Josh, do you have anything to add to that in terms of the recap from last week? Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I really appreciated the conversation last week with John uh, about boundaries and talking about boundaries as a kind of a framework for success for your, for your children and their future, um, really not focusing on how to make your child happy, but rather how to build things inside of them that they can use into adulthood and into uh, being parents for themselves. And so, uh, you know, I really think that, that, uh, that is a critical thing for your child's success. And so yeah. I, I really appreciated that conversation uh, last week. And I, I think part of what we said is that the internal boundaries, the, the external boundaries you place on your kids when they're young, turn into the internal boundaries they hold themselves to when they grow old. And so let's talk a little bit about that. And, and how do you decide what boundaries you should place on your kids? How do you how do you place boundaries on your kids? What does that look like? Um, so so let's just let's just dive into that. I have have been in this role for almost a decade. It'll be ten years in January. I have I went to school for child development, and that's kind of my background. And inside of that world, and inside of being an educator, 
you interface with a lot of different people who have a lot of different viewpoints on what is an appropriate boundary and what is not an appropriate boundary, uh, what kids should be able to do and what they shouldn't. And I don't think we want to get in the nitty gritty of kids should be able to drink milk without a lid on it. <laughs> you know, that's not the kind of thing that we really want to talk about. But how, as a parent, do you decide what the boundaries are? for your home. I think that that's where we want to start because every parent really needs to have this conversation in their household. So Michael and Jenny, do y'all have, do y'all want to just kick us off with how, when you're thinking about the boundaries you place on your kids, how do you even, where do you even start? Well, I think that it's, it's really important to, to just manage the union that you have at home. Well, you know, from the, from the very on start of it, we were married a short period of time before we had our first one. It was, I want to say it was 13 months after we got married is when the first one came out. And so it's been just full throttle since then, but that was a very valuable time. Even then for Jenny and I to just really, really ponder and muse about that, have those discussions about what the culture of our family is. We know it's unique. We know we're, we're, where our personalities are different from each other and those are designed to be melded together. And so, you know, establishing that culture early on before it is having to be decided in the moment of kids and of, of them growing up and becoming of their own and, and then all this human nature coming, rising up from these innocent little kids. That's not a great time to try to figure out what your culture is going to be. And so that's just one thing I'm very thankful of that Jenny and I have had a chance to well, we just had sight, I guess. It, we were a little later, bloomers, <laughs> getting married in life. But we had sight of that. And so that that time that we spent dialoguing together and pondering and musing on the culture of the Greslin family, what it was like before we were in the midst of the battle. You know, it's out in the midst of the battle is not a great time to train. And so that was that really helped yeah. us to kick off on the right, on the right foot. I would add that the conversations continue, you know, about who we are and about what boundaries need to be in place. Um, the conversation is an ongoing one, even though we did start out with some determination in our minds and in our hearts about who we wanted to be as a family. Um, it It is an evolutionary process. And so it, it continues. Uh, and I, just thinking about like the early years and we were talking about this, but kids that are real small need safety boundaries that, you know, implement safety and they need to learn who is in control. They need to learn that they mm -hmm. are not in charge and that the authority over them is in charge. And so a lot of, a lot of those early years, I think involve just establishing authority and protecting them just in a real practical way. And then as they grow older, um, just determining, you know, where those boundaries are depending on their um, their maturity and what they can handle and the th different things they're facing. And uh, it definitely changes as they get older. I think that is such a good point to bring out. I, I again, and, and we said this last week, but there is a really strong trend towards just letting your kids find their own way and sort of explore life their own way. And that trend comes because previously there was another trend that was equally unhealthy <laughs> of being overly dominant and really harsh and authoritarian. And so, uh, you know, these are kind of the two extremes and, and each extreme has its own, own deficits. 
I think that our generation, those of us who have been raising kids in the last, you know, 10, 10 years and who are raising kids right now, the trend is more towards letting your kids find their own way and um, not being really strong, not offering the input that a parent should have. And one thing that we've seen where boundaries don't exist, anxiety is high mm-hmm. because because it puts the weight on the kids' shoulders mm-hmm. to figure things out. You guys, it's a big old scary world. And it's even bigger, bigger and scarier if you're tiny and you're four or five and you can't say, for sure, my parents are going to hold this line. They're the one in charge. If if I am four years old and are nine years old and I feel like I'm the one that controls things, that is a breeding ground for anxiety. Kids need to know that you're strong. I remember when we dropped uh, and, and that you're in charge. When we when we brought home our second baby. We had one and some advice that we were given that was just great advice is whatever you discipline for, however you disciplined for the day before you brought that baby home, do it the same way when you bring the new baby home, mm-hmm. because it communicates to your child, my world is the same. And just be prepared. Those boundaries are about to be pushed like they've never been before. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the reason they're pushing those boundaries is they're testing. Did everything change? Is are mom and dad still, do they still love me? Are they still in control? Is my world the same? Because it feels very different. And the most loving, generous thing you can do to your child in that moment is say, yes, you couldn't throw your food yesterday and you can't throw it today. Mm-hmm. Exact thing. And that mm-hmm. communicates so much safety to them. We, we were young when we started having kids. We didn't know anything about parenting, but we knew with her we had to be consistent. And that consistency, we believe, is is one of the things that produced the most fruit mm-hmm. in her life. Yeah, because consistency translates to my world is predictable and stable, mm-hmm. even if it's something I don't like, right? <laughs> right? Like even if um, I, I mean, kids don't want those, they're not going to say, well, some kids do. Some kids come out of the hopper and they're just like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for all these boundaries. And they're just, I don't know, really compliant. And I didn't have a lot of that. Yeah, we didn't get those either. (laughs) That wasn't the package that we got. (laughs) But but some kids do. Some kids Mm -hmm. are kind of rule oriented and really, uh, but there's a lot of kids who won't and they'll push back against those boundaries. And, um, and that should not deter you as a parent from placing them on on them, they really need that consistency and stability because it's it, it truly is the most loving thing you can do. It communicates safety, it communicates love, and it helps them feel a sense of control and predictability about their world. And I think as parents, uh, you know, we don't want to give our kids too much freedom when they're young. It's so hard to bring freedoms back in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so hard to, and this was something that we learned with with teenagers and with middle schoolers, you want them to get freedom to watch different movies. You, you're looking forward to showing them some, you know, talking about more mature things or letting them have a phone. Those kind of, these there's rites of passage, letting them spend the night at a friend's house, those kinds of things. They're, those are exciting things that you can do with your, that you, to watch your kids grow up into. And so you might jump the gun a little bit and you might realize that as a parent and you might try to bring it back in. Really hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much easier to release, uh, give more freedom than it is to take back the freedom mm-hmm. that you you have already given. And uh, that's just that's just human nature. <laughs> and one of the things with uh, with our teachers, 
there's a, a book for teachers about discipline. And, and in the book, they talk about the importance of having control before you give freedom. And control is an icky word in our culture. And so I want to really make sure everyone's hearing me right. The example they gave is walking in. I think a better word is probably actually trust before you give freedom. Um, the example they gave was when you walk down the road, you know, you hold your child's, you hold your toddler's hand. You don't let mm -hmm. your toddler just run, right? And you don't really let them run free right out in front of you on the sidewalk until you know if you say stop, they stop because that's the only way they're safe. When you have trust and when you know, if I say stop, you're going to stop, you're going to mm -hmm. do what I say, then you can give more freedom. And it's kind of like that. That's sort of, that's the story of parenting as as my child is faithful to live within the boundaries and the standards that we set in our home when I'm right there, I let them do some things when I'm not there. It, you know, I let them go to their friend's house. I let them make decisions about movies they watch because I know as they, as they prove themselves trustworthy, I give them more, more freedom. And eventually you give your kids keys to a car mm -hmm. and you know, that's, you're really letting go of all the control that you have and because you have trust and you should mm -hmm. not give them the keys to the car <laughs> unless you have trust. <laughs> <laughs> and so Josh, let's talk about that with older kids. What are some of the, what are some of the unique considerations you have to have when you're building boundaries with older kids? Sure. Uh, you know, obviously the older a child gets, the more, the less restrictive um, boundaries become. Um, I will say that, that, that is that decision is not based upon an age and one of the concepts that we have not allowed to be fostered in our home is the concept of fair fair doesn't fit into real life and so um, we never allowed our kids to say well they got to do it when they were 14 or they got to do x when they were 15. really it's based on a on like misty was talking about there is a level of trust there but but you have to be able as a parent to assess where that child's at and really the the relinquishing of boundaries or the 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 the, the less restrictive of boundaries become is really based on uh, an ability for that that child to have internal discipline when you can see that process that that they've gone through um that's when you start making the decisions to give them more and more freedom and really that has to be that has to be assessed with with the mother and father ideally um because they bring a uh, you know christy and i have have a much better view of our children together than separate she sees things that i don't see and i see things that she doesn't see and so when uh, when your when your children become older you you watch them you talk to them you see how they handle themselves in certain situations and then you start making those decisions and and like misty said that really provides them with a level of safety that uh, that that gives them that that uh, protects them from anxiety yeah. protects them from danger um, protects them from making wrong decisions and uh, it, it's a beautiful thing when it's done right. Yeah. You know, uh, last year, Lindsay and I did a, a podcast where we talked about influence and authority. And when your kids are little, you have all authority. I mean, when you bring that baby home, you really, uh, you have the, the, it's your time to, you are the sole person that determines when they eat. You are the, I mean, they cry, they help you along, but it ultimately parents, decide where the baby's foot, where the ba what the baby eats. It, there's no influence. You don't influence the baby to stop crying. 
through conversation. You, <laughs> you know, there's no, <laughs> it would be cool. Like if you could just kind of think it, um, but you can't, and you just have authority. That's all you have. And that shifts downward from day one, every single day they're alive. The amount of authority you have over their life decreases. And while that is decreasing influence, your capacity to influence their decisions is increasing. And I think too often the the thought is, let me influence my five-year-old and say, well, are you sure you want to do that? And and you'll hear parents say things like, well, Johnny or Susie or I, we should come up with better names, but um, <laughs> poor Johnny's and Susie's in this world. Um, but, you know, well, you know, little, little Johnny, uh, that really makes me sad when you do that. That's, that's trying to influence Johnny. And that's actually not healthy. That's, that's trying to impose your emotions for to, to get a response from Johnny. And that's really teaching Johnny how to be emotionally manipulated, which isn't very helpful. What you want to give Johnny in that time is the good solid safety of a parent who will say yes or no, stop. I, even if you cry, I'm not going to let you eat 10 pounds of candy. Like that's, that's just my boundary. I'm not going to influence you that. And then you get the influence when they're older, but as they get older, you really do have to let them make some decisions on their own. Really scary, scary business. Uh, and so you, what you want to do is have, be building all along the way, those boundaries for them, those external boundaries, so that as you release the external control, they have their own internal control and they want to hear, they have the respect for you and the desire to hear and the sense of love and concern from you that they will be, allow themselves to be influenced by you. And so I think that's, that's really important. Why, why don't we all just put boundaries on our kids? What are the, what are the challenges when it comes to, to putting boundaries on your kids? <laughs> well, it's not an easy thing to do because you're always on the job. It's one yeah. of those things that when you <laughs> sign up for this program, it's not a, eight hour a day thing and then you can relax <laughs> it starts when they're young and it stays until they're old and they start to relax but you know what and that's just earlier you had talked about how a child without boundaries has a level of internal anxiety in them even if they can't express that because we are designed to have construct around our life the same is true with parents who have not been able to establish a boundary i mean we've all seen them that the, the parent at the grocery store whose kid is having a complete meltdown. Now, each kid has got their own individual personality and struggles that they go through. I'm not saying that, but to have a, to a lifestyle without boundary to where it's really just a free-for-all really frazzles us as parents as well. And so we just have to realize that we're on the job. We are, we've just been given a job to show these young people a way to be functional in life in a way that suits them well and that sets them mm -hmm. up for success and but to but to say yes to that job means it's going to be a job and it's not the yeah. easy road to take you know yeah. in the short term in the long term yes the, the benefits far outweigh the cost that it takes to to live a lifestyle of structure and of values of implementing those things but that's just one of the challenges that I see that it's, yeah. it's just something that it's not going to be a short term thing. This is like, I, I care for these kids for their greater good way down the road. And that means the decisions that we make in our household yeah. today has that end in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really have to be long sighted and not be, um, I guess, um, 
too influenced by the emotion and the pushback and the resistance mm-hmm. and the things that are naturally going to come up. That's really something mm-hmm. to be expected and to just um, mm-hmm. hold the line, you know, because it is worth it. But yeah, it, you're, you're going to encounter resistance. Intense, grueling resistance. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing. And it's, it's, it's just solid 18 years of it. Mm-hmm. I think that Josh and I were talking to Michael and Jenny right before we started actually recording because Josh and I are in this stage of life where we've got more ki- a- as many or more kids out of the house than we have in the house. And we're kind of living the glory days of parenting. <laughs> it hasn't always been that way. And we wanted to inspire people because it was so hard. And it was every stage has had has had its own joys and just absolute like big time, soul satisfying moments. And every stage has had some really tough things. There's emotions, there's attitudes, there's, you know, just the long suffering of a toddler (laughs) that also comes back and manifests itself in certain ways in their middle school years. I mean, so there's, there's these, these things that parenting is so hard. It's so hard to be consistent and you don't have to be perfect but consistency is the key consistency mm-hmm. between parents consistency of each parent and consistency of boundaries because what you're trying to create with that is a sense of stability predictability and and it does require you as a parent to really grow up and and be mature yourself and put down your own preferences your own man i was really wanting to watch a tv show tonight and instead we're going to go round 17 with bedtime <laughs> <laughs> Um, Misty, I would say one more, um, you know, hindrance sometimes in establishing boundaries is, is pressure from other parents. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very easy to compare or to feel judged or to, Mm -hmm. it's easy to slip into judgment when we see, when we see boundaries that may not look like ours or feel guilty because maybe we're not, we're not as strict as we should be or, or we're, we're, we're too strict. Um, I think, I think each family has to, has to be able to decide for themselves what's appropriate and what's not appropriate based upon the values that we hold dear, that make us who we are, that, you know, we talked about our culture and our identity. Those things have to dictate where our boundaries are. And, uh, you know, but I think that that can, that can a, a lot of times affect the way that we create boundaries for our kids and really that shouldn't come into play it really needs to be decided inside of your home and with your family i think that's so true there's there i think that was part of one of the hardest parts of being a parent of young kids was all of the input i'm talking total strangers in the grocery store (laughs) felt freedom to give you advice and make judgment about what you were doing and uh, that made it hard. And so I, I think as a community, one thing that we can do inside of the school community is say, we're going to give each other some space. We're going to let the Greslins build a family culture off the Greslins. We're going to appreciate that the spillmakers have a unique dynamic in their home. Some some kids are going to come out so intense and you just need to pray for those parents. <laughs> no need to place judgment because, you know, you might have that easygoing kid and you might mistakenly think that it's because of your great parenting. It might just be the way that kid's wired. And so I think it's really useful to just say, you know what, I'm not going to make judgments about other people's 
other people's uh, kids and how they're raising them and their standards. But I'm also going to hold the line for my children. And I think we can expect each other to say, hey, we're going to build boundaries in our home because if as a community, if we build this community where all the families have appropriate boundaries for their home, we're all building a strong family culture. It actually creates a safe place for all of our kids. If we all build that safety, if we all build that that sense of, of respect and honor and are working to build a strong family culture, that's good. If I'm doing that with my kids, with the little Newcombs, that's good for the little Greslins. And if they're doing that, that's good for the little spillmakers. And it builds up our whole community. And I think it's really powerful to to be in a community of people that are that are doing that together and to support each other inside of that and not, not judge, not make life harder. Parenting. Uh, I remember we were talking about um, the, some, uh, some preschool policies and things like that uh, a while back. And um, someone said something about the baby room and we were trying to, I can't even remember what the policy was, but I remember looking up at just saying, you know, these parents are heroes. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to work in the morning having not slept in, in maybe years. <laughs> really, it comes down to recognizing that that every child is unique and they have unique needs. Some are intense, some are laid back and compliant, some are passive. And really, you've got to you got to have discernment to be able to know what your child needs. And uh, I believe that that there's something inside of each parent that when they really go deep, that they know what their child needs. And you have to stop and you have to evaluate and you have to listen and then you have to move forward and do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I thought one, one last statement that Misty made there at the end was real key is we need to support each other, you know, as parents support each other, not be judgmental, but really uh, stand together as a community. PRISM is a great opportunity for us to be able to do that. So um, a great conversation tonight. I, I thought it yeah. was really good. Very good. All right. So mamas, daddies, grandmas, and grandpas, everyone take heart, be encouraged. You won't have to do this forever, but while you're in the trenches, be there, be strong, be consistent, and go build your family. Until next week, thank you for joining us. This podcast is a production of PRISM North America. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you access quality podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. To learn more about PRISM, visit us at our website, www.prismnorthamerica.org.